Good morning, Lindsley Avenue. I just want to say, first of all, I miss you. Uh, the rushing family misses you, and we really look forward to being together very, very soon. Uh, but in the meantime, we're happy that everyone is staying safe and uh, practicing that all too familiar word and phrase, social distancing. Uh, but uh, we hope that in the meantime, uh, we can use all of the technological advances that we have uh, to stay connected, to stay grounded in God's Word. And so that's going to be what we're talking about today. And uh, so thank you for tuning in. Thank you to all the members of Lindsley Avenue for praying and for being patient. And thank you to our online guests who are maybe tuning in for the first time. And so we want to welcome you. And uh, I do want to say thank you for all of the encouragement and the support uh, going forward. And we want to acknowledge that this is an unusual time. It's, it seems to be an unprecedented event, what we're seeing with our public health scare. And uh, we want to pray for that. Um, but the church has endured. The church has endured things before, and the church will endure uh, in days ahead. Um, we also want to acknowledge the great leadership of the mayor by saying that today, uh, this Sunday, is a day of prayer. And so we're grateful to Mayor John Cooper for making that announcement and for having the moral leadership to call upon uh, the community to to pray together. So I want to begin with a word of prayer and then uh, begin our thoughts. Father God, thank you for this opportunity to minister uh, for members of Lindsley Avenue to connect. Thank you for all those who are tuning in. And Father, we're just mindful of everything that's going on for this public health scare for this coronavirus, and we pray uh, that a vaccination will be found, that uh, people uh, will be healed, and we just pray for your help, and we pray that people will heed the warnings to stay inside and, and to uh, quarantine on different levels so that we can eradicate this terrible thing that's happening. Bless all of our members, bless our sick, bless everyone in this world. We pray in the powerful name of Christ. I wanted to talk to you today from Hebrews chapter 12, verse number 28, where it says something very interesting. It says, we are receiving a kingdom which cannot be shaken. And as I begin to think about everything that's happening and thinking about the adversity that our nation and our world is going through, I, I hope that, first of all, it will help increase our empathy. You know, it was a very ominous feeling to go to Walmart this week and to see food lines and, and, and all the food that was disappearing from the shelves. I went to the cereal sh shelves and uh, nothing was there. I went to the meat department, nothing was there. And it was a very ominous, disconcerting feeling to see all that. Um, 
but it, it makes me mindful that there have been people in neighboring countries that have been going through this long before we ever did, that there is an immense amount of poverty outside of the United States, and I hope that it will increase our empathy as to what's happening elsewhere, that this feeling that we get, and we've only tasted just a little bit of it, is something that some people have been going through for many, many years. And I'm also mindful that adversity is how we begin to understand and learn our own strength. It's not when things are going well, it's not when things are going easy, but it is in times of great adversity that we find out just how strong we are. We learn how strong we are and we learn how to express the strength that we do have. And it's been amazing to see what is happening in the United States, that we are seeing the mobilization of our great military might, of our great resources to help fend off this virus. And I also want to say we've seen the strength of our healthcare providers, our nurses, our doctors, our CNTs, the medical staff and their ability and their strength in this time of adversity. But I've also seen, and I've been surprised too, by the fragility of our nation. We also see the vulnerability of our nation, and not just our nation, but of many nations. 168 countries right now are dealing with this virus. And so we see how vulnerable that no amount of military, no amount of walls, no amount of any of these things could fend off what we're going through right now. And we see how vulnerable uh, we are. Life ha has changed. And, and if you're like me, it's probably increased anxiety. It's increased worry, consternation. Um, but I want us to center our thoughts on God's Word today because God's Word offers us some assuring things. And in Hebrews 12, it says, We are receiving a kingdom which cannot be shaken. And we as believers know the power of the kingdom of God. Jesus said it like this, To you it has been given the mystery, to know the mystery of the kingdom. We know the mystery of the kingdom of God, and isn't that what Christ preached? He preached in his ministry, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. The time has fulfilled. And so this kingdom of God has been prophesied, this kingdom which cannot be shaken. Daniel 2 44 gives a prophecy saying, In the days of these kings, speaking of the Roman uh, government, that I will establish which will, a kingdom which will never be destroyed. And isn't that what we've received? Remember when Jesus was talking to his disciples, he said, And I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. I give unto thee, Peter, the keys of the kingdom. We have received a kingdom which cannot be destroyed, which cannot be shaken. 
And even though we see so many things right now being shaken, and even maybe ourselves being shaken to the core, we know that there is a spiritual truth, a spiritual reality, a spiritual kingdom that cannot be shaken or destroyed. Jesus said the reason why this kingdom is untouched is because this kingdom is not of this world. Remember when Jesus stood before Pilate in John chapter 18, 36, he says, My kingdom is not of this world. If it were so, then would my servants fight. But my kingdom is not of this world. And because it is not of this world, it is not subject to the frailty of this world. It is the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven, that unshakable kingdom. And so now we need to center our thoughts on the kingdom of God. Jesus said, in the context of many worries and many anxieties, he said, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. When I start to think about the kingdom of God, the thing that I first begin to think about is number one, the seed of the kingdom. You see, there is a powerful organic force to the kingdom of God, to this unshakable kingdom. There is this seed. And what Luke chapter 8, verse number 11 says is that the word of God is the seed to the kingdom. You know, there's that story about a seed that they found in Masada in Herod's, uh, in Herod's uh, palace. They found a 2,000-year-old Judean palm tree seed. And what's interesting about that seed is, is that 2,000 years later, they took this 2,000-year-old seed and planted it into the ground. And the amazing thing was that a tree came up from that seed. And just like that, the Word of God is this, the Gospel is this 2,000-year-old seed that when you impart it, when you implant it, when you preach it, then that kingdom and that power of the kingdom, that seed of the kingdom takes root in the hearts of man. The thing about God's Word is, is that it is unchanging where everything else is changing. It seems by the minute we turn on the television and something else has changed. But the word of God does not change. The psalmist of old said this, forever, O Lord, thy word is fixed in heaven. It's fixed. And so no matter what the newspapers say, tomorrow the word of God will say the same thing tomorrow. Thy word is fixed, the seed of the kingdom. It's powerful. Remember in Hebrews 4.12 it says it's that sword of the spirit is sharper than any two-edged sword. And it's through the word of God, through the seed of the word of God that we are born again. Peter said it like this in 1 Peter 1.23 Having been born again not of a corruptible seed but incorruptible 
through the word of God which lives and abides forever. Forever. You see, when we turn to the principles, when we turn to the provisions, when we turn to the promises of God's word, they live and abide forever. That's the kingdom which cannot be shaken. It's rooted in the unchanging word of God. Number two, I think about the kingdom of God and I think about the economy of the kingdom of God. And what we have seen in the last couple of weeks is just how volatile our own economy can be. We've seen the stock market up and down. We've seen talks of growing unemployment. We've seen the loss of assets and we've seen people panicking over this and in, in some cases rightly so. And our prayer is for all those who are economically affected and, and we haven't even begun to understand just what all that's going to mean. But what I'm reminded of in scripture is that there is a heavenly economy. There is a heavenly economy that Jesus talks about in Matthew chapter 6 where he says, Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust dust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasure in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. You see, there is an economy that is untouched by this world, and it's the economy of the kingdom of God. And Jesus says, lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven. Maybe amidst this virus, maybe we're learning what true richness is is hopefully we are hopefully we're learning the importance of our health hopefully hopefully we're learning the richness of family of character and of salvation you see when you give you lose nothing when you lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven you don't lose anything you give and you gain. And it's through the giving of our resources, of our money, of our time, that we gain the treasures in heaven. The economy of the kingdom of heaven cannot be touched. The kingdom cannot be shaken. Another thing that I think about with the kingdom that which cannot be shaken is the king himself. You know, when the blind man was on the side of the road, he called out to Jesus desiring to be healed. And in Luke chapter 18, 36, he said, Son of David, have mercy on me. And of course, Jesus' lineage to David was his connection to the Davidic dynasty that he was the rightful king of Israel. And the blind man said, Son of David, King Jesus, have mercy on me. And what's interesting is, is when you look at Scripture 
and you look at when the world proclaimed Jesus to be king, when was it? When did this world proclaim Jesus to be king? It's interesting because when the world declared Jesus to be king, it was when our king, Christ, was on the cross. Pilate wrote the title that was placed above Jesus' head on the cross in John chapter 19, 19, recorded in all four of the Gospels, Jesus of Nazareth, the King of the Jews. Isn't it interesting that our King was declared King by this world when He was offering Himself for the world? And let me tell you, there's no other King like Jesus. A king who died for his people. Greater love hath no man than this than to lay down his life for his friends. But God commendeth his love towards us. But while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. It was in the act of his sacrifice that Jesus was declared king to this world. Not only is he the king of the Jews, but Scripture calls him the King of Kings. It also says in Hebrews chapter 13, verse 15, that Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And it is because of his unchanging nature that Jesus has established a kingdom which cannot be shaken. I also think about, lastly, number four, the hope of the kingdom. Because of what Christ has done for us, there is a hope in this unshakable kingdom. Someone once said something to the effect that hope is the dream of those who are really awake. Hope is the dream of those who are really awake. And you see, for believers, for those who believe in Christ and those who know Christ, we have a hope because, not because we're asleep, but because we're fully engaged, fully awake. We know. And this isn't the kind of hope that, well, I hope I win the lottery. No, this is a hope to, in which we have an expectancy, an expectancy for something to happen. A hope right now in the kingdom of God. Why? Because God is sovereign over our world. In Job chapter 12, 23, it says, He makes nations great and destroys them. He enlarges nations and He guides them. God is in control and He is giving us and we are receiving a kingdom which cannot be shaken. There's this expectancy that we're given in this hope. Not only an expectancy in eternity, but also an expectancy right now. Remember Paul spoke of the providence of God in this way and we know that all things work together for good for those who love the Lord and have been called according to His purpose. And it says in 1 Corinthians 15, Then comes the end when He delivers, speaking of Christ, the kingdom of God 
to the Father that God may be all in all. The reign of God. And that's what the kingdom of God means. The reign of God. And the question comes to each of us today. Do I have the reign of God in my life? Is God reigning in the way that I feel? Is God reigning in my values? Is God reigning in how I treat my neighbor? Is God reigning in how I'm reacting to everything that's going on in this world? Jesus said in Luke chapter 17, 11, Look neither here nor there, for the kingdom of God is within you. That kingdom which cannot be shaken. That kingdom which is eternal. That kingdom built on the unchanging word of God. That kingdom which has the king of kings. That kingdom which has a hope beyond all hopes. That kingdom that has an economy that is untouched by this world is the kingdom that's inside of you. The reign of God. I hope today that you will receive the full assurance of that kingdom. And this week, as the challenges come, as the worries come, that you will do as Christ said, seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. And all these things will be added unto you. Thank you for listening to this message. Now we're going to move to the portion of our service in which we reflect on what Christians have been doing for 2,000 years, which is partake of communion. And so at this time, we are going to take of those emblems of unleavened bread and the fruit of the vine. Uh, and this represents our Lord. This represents His greatest act of salvation in His atoning death for sin and also of the hope we have in His resurrection and coming again. So at this time, let's think about the bread which represents His body. Christ lived a perfect life for you and me. It says that we should follow in His steps by His example because of His perfection. And He laid down His life. Christ was no martyr. Christ willingly laid down his life for our sins. So at this time, will you pray with me as I bless the bread which represents his body? Father God, I'm thankful for so many listening and for those who are going to partake right now of this bread which represents the body of your son Jesus which was broken for us. It was broken that we might be whole, that we might be healed, that we might have eternal life. Help us to discern the Lord's body in a way which is pleasing in thy sight. 
and help us to proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. In the name of Christ we pray. Amen. When we think about our own lives and when we think about what we see in this world with the sinfulness of our selfish behavior, we know we need forgiveness. One person once said that uh, sin is the most empirically proven thing but the most intellectually resisted fact of all. We all know sin because we're all sinners. And it says that Christ's blood is what forgives us. It's the atoning blood of Christ. And so we partake of this fruit of the vine, which represents His blood, the atoning blood. So will you pray with me? Father God, thank You for this wine, this fruit of the vine, which represents the precious blood of Christ which purchased us, which cleanses us from all sin. We pray this blessing on each partaking today. In the name of Christ, we pray. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us today. And to the Lindsley Avenue family, I look forward to being in your presence very soon. And it's my prayer that everyone will come through this safely. Continue to love your neighbor by keeping distance. And we will continue to pray for this virus to end very soon. And it is our prayer for our community, for our nation, for our world. But remember this week, we have received a kingdom which cannot be shaken. We serve the King of Kings. God bless you this week. I love you.